Have an SEO-friendly taxonomy to maximize traffic to your product listing pages with Luke Carthy from LukeCarthy.com. Brought to you by Majestic, I'm David Bain and this is SEO in 2022. Luke, what is your number one SEO tip for 2022? Really good question, David. Um, Right, so my number one tip ultimately is... uh, naturally buried in the world of e-commerce, of course. That's where I spend the vast majority of my time. And I think taxonomy, um, or to put it another way, product categories, uh, are something that are often left to their own devices um, and and don't really have an SEO centricity to them. But there's a real real benefit in spending the time uh, and building a taxonomy in a way that's an SEO-friendly structure. Uh, not only because, of course, it's going to draw more traffic, as you've said already, David, but I think additionally, it's really going to help customers to find um, the products that they're looking for, whether it's parent categories, subcategories, or, or something in the middle. But really, you know, the, the, the kind of overall tip here is to make sure that you're building a category structure that's based upon demand, what people are looking for, what they're searching for, um, questions they might have. Um, and areas of focus that are really going to benefit you. So I guess if you're in the healthcare space um, and we have, or yeah, healthcare space, we could think of something like hair products or, or hair, you know, shampoo and condition and that sort of thing. Have a research and think about the sort of shampoos and, and conditions um, and I guess products and, and desirables that people are looking for when it comes to purchasing and shopping around those sort of areas. So normally you might have focused more attention on, on allowing people to shop by brand, which is important. I won't take anything away from that. But what's equally as important is making sure people can maybe shut by condition if that's something that has real intent and lots of people are searching for that. So dandruff or sensitive scalp um, or, or products to help with hair growth or whatever that might be. But be allowing customers to, to shop in a way that they would be searching for really kind of helps set the scene. It makes it easier for customers. And of course, it gives you that competitive advantage in the SERPs as well when it comes to uh, you know people ready to spend some money. So when you're saying structure your taxonomy based upon demand does that mean that you can automatically generate um, product pages that are actually easier to discover based upon search volume that actually tends to go up perhaps based on seasonality or something like that yeah exactly there's there's no reason why you can't do that um you know seasonality i think is a great one uh, as we know, you know, we're, we're kind of heading into in, into Q4, regardless of what year in, you know, Q4 is always going to be a peak for, for many retailers. Um, so there might be particular gifts um, uh, or people that they're buying for that it's worthwhile really investing into to, to taxonomy there to, to bring more traffic to those those products and, and those categories. So I think another really good example, if we look in the world of um I guess Valentine's Day is one that kind of sticks in my head for for no real reason, but it's just what I'm going to jump onto. Um, you know, the, the usual way of kind of doing that is is typically, you know, for him, for her, for boyfriend, for husband, for wife, for fiance, that sort of thing. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. They may work perfectly fine, but there might be opportunities where um, there's additional, you know, there's a new thing that might be happening this year or there's a trend or, or actually the market may be shifting in a way where people are searching differently. So it could be by gift type. Um, so it could be best gifts of Valentine's Day rather than Valentine's Day for him or for her. And it's just allowing customers to shop and explore in different ways, um, and it allows you to attract an audience that you may not have been able to get away with. Um, and I think normally what happens is in the world of paid search, these are well accommodated for because, you know, we, we chase the commercial keywords, we build specific landing pages for them. And in SEO, it happens as well. But what I typically see with clients is a taxonomy as far as product catalogs is concerned 
is something that's fairly set in stone. So it's created at the point of when that, that e-commerce site may have been redesigned or built, you know, three, four, five years ago, um, and it sticks. And it's never really readdressed outside of promotional categories like Black Friday and, and you know, Christmas or, as I've said, Valentine's Day. So there's a real benefit uh, for your customers and, of course, also for traffic in, in building a taxonomy that allows people to shop in the same way that they search. Um, and that just gives you a greater visibility. It gives you greater penetration of, of products and visibility of products um, and equally can improve your rankings of those products as well if you're getting traffic to the right places on the site. So I've dabbled in the world of um, e-commerce SEO, SEO for fashion. And uh, there are many fashion websites that start off with shop for him, shop for her. And that can be great for people visiting the site. But when you're trying to actually rank for brand names, um, the, the brand names of the, the various fashion items, you don't necessarily want those landing pages to be associated with male or female shoppers. Um, do you have any thoughts on actually how best to structure optimizing landing pages for those brand names? Yeah, so I think the first thing I guess to mention is is for him and for her, uh, or for men or for women or for you know for boys and girls for children that sort of thing is is a, is a good way to to go about uh, fashion and apparel in, in most cases. But I hear you in the sense of um, wanting to optimize outside of, of gender bias. Um, and I think in cases like this, you can absolutely build experiences, and it could be a, a different taxonomy branch. It could be a, a new taxonomy branch altogether, which allows people to shop by brand, by design, by season. And these can all exist as silos. Um, so, you know, as we switch between seasons, I think is a perfect example at the moment. We're currently in, well, uh, where are we heading into kind of September at the moment? So autumn, winter. So there's going to be, you know, a seasonal switch um, between summer clothing and, 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 and autumn, winter clothing. And there's definitely department pages, merchandising categories that you can build that allows customers to, again, shop in an alternative way. Um, and I think also being more modern as well. You know, gender's not quite as, as you know, gender's quite fluid. We've got non-gender bias. We've got, you know, a lot of non-binary people who, I guess, don't necessarily shop by gender. It's more about the clothes that they like. So there's definitely an appetite and a real um, appreciation for your customer to give them an alternative way to browse and buy and shop um, than just a typical stereotypical, you know, kind of men's, women's, children. Um, and it's not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's understanding and, again, looking at the demand. Um, could it be colours? Could it be seasons? Could it be price points? A combination of two or three. Um, and without turning this into, a, into an entire tutorial, I think what's really important there and additional ways you can do that is to blend categories with your faceted navigation um, and your filters, which is a, a whole different topic altogether. And I've got some blog posts and stuff that might be helpful. Um, but that allows you to then optimize for something, say, um, let me think, uh, Fred Perry jumpers in red or Fred Perry uh, okay. extra large jumpers in blue. Um, and although they're quite granular searches and they're quite specific, as we know in the world of search, the more specific the query, the much higher it's, it's, it's likely to convert. Um, and yeah, there's, there's real power in, in taking care of that. Yeah, the, one of the main challenges with e-commerce SEO is actually deciding which URLs you want to be ranked and which ones you don't want to be ranked, because then exactly. there can be an infinite number of options, certainly. Absolutely. And um, obviously, yeah. you're optimizing for users, but, but, but also for search engines as well. Um, so does do 
XML sitemaps actually still play an important role in this. Can XML sitemaps help guide uh, search engines, um, search engine bots to actually decide um, which page which, uh, fits where? Yeah, I think they're uh, they're uh, they're really really important um, when it comes to discoverability. I think that they become more important as your taxonomy structure or your e-commerce site becomes uh, bigger, more cluttered. I think if if domain authority is thin, so you might be an e-commerce site that you know might have a couple thousand products, but you've actually got you know maybe hundreds of thousands of URLs for reasons you won't jump into at the moment. Um, and efficiencies of crawling is is challenging for search engines. Equally, you know the sites out there like eBay. Uh, Amazon, you know, Debenhams, a lot of big brands. I think Debenhams still a thing. I think they are online. Um, but, you know, these big retailers who equally will benefit from sitemaps as well. But I think when it comes to sitemaps, yes, they're really important, but they have to be looked after. They have to be maintained, ideally automated and generated in a way that um, is, is you know, really beneficial. So, for example, if you start to create a new, a new product, if you release a new range, if you release a new promotion category, then ideally, you know, every 24 hours or maybe every week, that sitemap gets updated um, and allows search engines to, to get onto those new products and categories sooner rather than later. Um, but equally to the contrary as well, you know, if you sunset categories, if you delete and redirect them and you, you, you sunset products, um, then it's important they get removed as well. Otherwise, it just, you know, it, it kind of reduces the reliance, I guess, or, or uh, importance, impotence of your uh, of your site mm. but yes to answer your question i think they're really important especially in the world of, of e-commerce for sure obviously there's queries that can bring a lot of traffic and there's queries that may not necessarily bring as much traffic but are much more likely to convert so is it worthwhile using your own first party data to actually define the queries that are more likely to convert and then attempting to optimize and um surface those URLs um, before other URLs that that, 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 that perhaps um, are less likely to convert straight away? Yeah, I think site search is a huge, um, a huge opportunity to find queries that people are looking for. Uh, and that they may not, I guess, you know, the, the, the downside of site search is you really need to have a lot of numbers and a lot of traffic and a lot of search activity for that to, to be properly useful. But it's very powerful and allowing you to understand one kind of gaps in your taxonomy so if people can't find a category they're looking for they might just go ahead and search for it in which case there's an opportunity there um but yeah even in, in search console as well you know have a look in there see what queries are, uh you're, you're kind of you've got impressions for but maybe not so many clicks you might be on on you know page three or beyond or something like that and find if there's there's opportunities there but i think additional to that as well um there's nothing wrong with having a look at, at competitors search for for queries in ways that you'd like to shop see who's ranking there, whether it's a product page or a category page or both, um, and have a look at their taxonomy structure. There might be a structure there or an opportunity there that you, that you may have missed. Um, and again, especially in the world of, of fashion and apparel, as you mentioned already, seasonal shifts are quite important. Shopping by a brand, regardless of the vertical, to be honest, is always a, a really solid way of going about things. Um, but yes, to answer your question, you know, leveraging data, first-party data that you have is, is absolutely powerful for sure. Okay. And if an SEO maybe is starting for an e-commerce store and they haven't done a lot of SEO to begin with, um, where would be some of the quickest wins to focus on to begin with? Would you try and identify maybe the pages, the um, keyword phrases that um, had the potential to bring in traffic that were ranking on pages two and three? Or is there some other strategy that's that, that, that's better for quicker wins? Uh, the, the biggest way to get started, and regardless whether you're brand new to this, you're building a taxonomy for the first time, 
or you're an established brand who are just potentially looking at reviewing the performance of their taxonomy, then I'm a really big fan of the the keyword magic tool, um, which is available in, in SEMrush. Um, and that just allows you to start with a really kind of broad keyword sort of shoes. Or maybe you could look at you know, a brand of shoes, but you know, typically you start at the top and then get more specific as you get into the data. And what that will allow you to do is understand all of the, um, I guess, variations and, and, and questions and additional keywords that contain the word shoes. So normally you'd find things like shoe size 12 or brand shoes or formal shoes, you know, trainers, that sort of thing. And that will allow you to then really start to build a case for not just keywords, but also the popularity of those keywords, the demand, the seasonality, and then what pillars of, of, uh, of those keywords you use to, to build your taxonomy. So shoes would naturally be your departmental category, um, which is you know nice and straightforward. But then how do you get to your second tier? Or how do you get to your, uh, your subcategories from the result of that? Do you do it by, uh, by gender? Do you do it by... Um, you know, by design or by color and that sort of thing. And that that's all will really allow you to answer those questions and really start to define and build how your category structure should look from the top down. Um, but that's a, an exercise that I would highly recommend that anyone does, whether you're starting out or you're looking at, you know, potentially reinvigorating or, or readjusting um, your taxonomy. It's, it's a really, really good way that I like to get started. Reinvigorating is a good word, but I mean, obviously, uh, if someone's starting out for the first time looking at their taxonomy, it's a lot of work. Uh, but if they're fairly satisfied with how their taxonomy looks, how often should Nessio uh, go back into it and, and, and look to refresh the taxonomy? Is this um, a quarterly job, a monthly job, a weekly job, or just, just an ongoing job? Honestly, it's, it's one of those questions where it's kind of like, um, you know, you start, you might just be inquisitive and you just have a look and do a bit of research and before you know it, you know, a couple of weeks down the line, you're proposing a whole new taxonomy structure, which comes with its own issues of redirects and mega menus and, and all sorts of stuff in there. So I would argue um, if you're looking at building the, rebuilding the taxonomy in, in, in the greatest sense, so quite a big job, I'd say maybe annually. Um but again, it really depends on the vertical you're in. If you're in the world of, of, of you know, fast-moving consumer goods, if you're at cutting-edge fashion, if you're into children's toys, it's you know different ball game to something like, uh, I guess, groceries, which groceries typically are quite stable in terms of their velocity of, of, of product categories. Um, so it, it's horrible to kind of have to say this, but it's the magic it depends answer. Um, but I would say a soft review, maybe quarterly. So just mm -hmm. look for any opportunities and, and ways to extend and revise your taxonomy. Um, but in terms of looking at it collectively as a, as a whole, you know, as a whole unit, then I think annually is a, is a good way to, to, to go about it. Okay. Um, so working in e-commerce, SEOs obviously have to work closely with other departments, with with buyers, with content marketers, with um, the PR team as well. What happens if um, an SEO is confident that there needs to be a change in taxonomy and a, 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 an increased focus on certain categories of product, but other people in the business don't particularly agree with that. What arguments um, can the SEO use in order to hopefully encourage people to along their line of thinking? Yeah, so this is a really good question. This is kind of building that case, isn't it? And, and getting people to, to get buy-in, which is a really important question. Mm -hmm. um, for me, there's a couple of ways I like to do this. I think the first one is to, um, is, is, is to prove or disprove the performance of, of um, category landing pages to products. So, you know, the click-through rate from landing on a category page or, or engaging with a category page and seeing how many customers 
or visitors will then engage with the product or go somewhere else or leave. Um, so that, that kind of really helps to, to, to give you some data on, on that context. I think additionally on top of that, um, what I'd always recommend to do is look at categories collectively across the entire site. So globally, how well are our categories performing organically versus for comparison, something like paid, which paid is normally you know, quite a staple um, driver of, of traffic. But how are they performing organically? And if you've got a strong gap between all of the traffic sources and organic, then that would typically say to me with, with you know, potency of, of SEO juice and everything else aside, um, that would give me a, a, an indication to say that there's obviously an opportunity here where we can improve the rankings and, and relevancy and, and traffic um, through those categories. So that you kind of look at it one way holistically and one way specifically. Um, I think additionally to that as well, is to see again how people are sort of browsing the site. Are they typically in tune with categories? Are they using the mega menu a lot? Or are people just getting frustrated and just using alternative ways to, to find products they want via site search or something else? Um, because taxonomy can be twofold, right? It can be a UX issue, um, which is separate to an SEO issue. And then there's obviously a, 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 an SEO issue first. And actually, primarily, the, the navigation as far as the mega menus and that sort of thing might be fine. But normally, they're quite closely intertwined. So if you have a, an under-optimized taxonomy structure, you can be pretty sure it's, it's normally going to be quite challenging for customers to find what they want. Um, not, not always the case, but in the cases that I've seen, normally, you know, a poorly optimized category structure often means it's difficult for customers to find what they're looking for through a category search. Great advice. Well, um, so if an SEO is thinking, look, this is great advice and I really need to be thinking more about my taxonomy. However, I'm very busy at the moment. So what's one thing that they perhaps have been doing consistently for the last five years or so? And it's diminished in value and they probably need to stop doing a little bit now to focus more effort on taxonomy. So, so what's one thing like that that an SEO needs to stop doing in 2022? Yeah, so I think we, we a bit of a throwback. So this is probably going to be five years and beyond um, where there used to be quite a a strong return here. Um, so I'm, I've always been a massive advocate of site search, as you can tell. I've mentioned it a handful of times in, in, in our conversation already. So, but what really is quite interesting is, is with directories and, and some e-commerce sites, there was a lot of focus on optimizing site search for specific queries. So allowing your site search to almost become an extension, a dynamic extension of your taxonomy. Um, and that in almost all cases nowadays, causes you dramatic problems. It causes cannibalization. It makes the site huge and bloated and difficult for search engines to crawl. If that's something that a company or, a, or an agency or anyone who's working in the world of SEO is still doing, it needs to stop. Um, and I won't mention any names or vendors out there because I work with a lot of different search vendors, but there are a handful of vendors that still offer this as a service where the idea is when... Uh, a specific search query is searched for a number of times. So, you know, maybe goes over the 5% threshold of total queries. They proactively index that search query as a landing page to, to go and capture that keyword, which is a no-no um, because it, the, the, the search doesn't know whether that category already exists as, as something else or there's a product already ranking for that keyword or, or whatever might be the case. But it was quite a big thing to, to use your site search to dynamically chase after keywords it absolutely needs to stop. Um, and the way in which you can you can advocate that and, and, and get better results 
with the uh, the same input is to go through the the process of you know redesigning a taxonomy. Um, but let's not let's not pretend you know build, rebuilding a taxonomy is not a simple job. It's it's not you know it's not straightforward. You're potentially talking maybe millions of products to go and re you know reposition and repurpose. It's not a simple job, but it doesn't have to be seen as a a global project. You can absolutely break it down by department or by subcategory and, and that sort of thing, really. But yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely, and um, a lot of depth and a lot for many people to think about there. So thanks so much for um, being part of this. You can find Luke over at LukeCarthy.com. Again, Luke, thanks for being part of SEO in 2022. No problem. It's been fun. Thanks for having me on. Check out the rest of the content from SEO in 2022 over at SEOin2022.com.